0: You Can Measure Anything, the podcast, shares conversations to help you clarify unclear concepts so that you can develop better measures that lead to better decisions. Let's get started. Strength, persistence, tenacity, perseverance, stubbornness, resiliency can take various shapes and sizes, Sometimes it's hard to be resilient in the face of certain struggles, and it can be difficult to bounce back if you have not had success when you've tried to be resilient in the past. How can you identify what elements are assisting or impeding your progress? You might need to self-assess, which requires clear measurement. So today, we're investigating the concept of resiliency. Hello, everyone, and welcome to You Can Measure Anything, the podcast. I'm Nicole Alioto, CEO of Alibrated Consulting, and I'm joined today by Trinetta Powell, therapist, author, and resiliency expert. Now you might think, all right, how do you get to be one? When you hear her story, you're gonna understand how she came to be one. So welcome, Trinetta.
1: Uh, thank you, Nicole. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Woo! Well, we need you. we will just
0: start there. We all need you. <laughs> we need your insights. So we're going to explore the construct and talk about how it applies to many of our lives, or maybe we can grow in resiliency. But before we jump into that, why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself and your professional journey, because it really sets the stage for our
1: chat today. Okay, um, my name is Trinetta Powell. Like all the wonderful things, I guess you say that I'm our, I am right. Um, I am the CEO of Trinetta Powell Consulting and Reveal and Restore Counseling, where the counseling practice is a group practice loca- located in the Dallas, Texas area where we serve the entire state specifically focused on breaking the stigma of mental health and marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. And under my Trinetta Powell consulting umbrella, I get to help women who struggle with silencing that inner critic in their voice, Mm -hmm. that inner critic critic voice. I'm tired this morning. (laughs) Get to help these women who can't silence that voice that tells them that they're not enough or they have to be perfect um, and help them learn how to use tools and techniques to be able to dismantle those those thought processes so they can show up and be seen in the world as who they're called to be. And resiliency is a really big part of that because you have to be willing to get back up again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and it's not easy. And I feel like as each each year passes and you know we talk about the pandemic and that's impact on the world. And for those who might've struggled with resiliency before, you know, it might be even, you know, even harder afterwards. And for some, maybe yes. they didn't realize how resilient they were until they experienced the pandemic. So it's interesting to yes. see how such a, a major event could have varied impacts on people's experiences.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: You're right. You're right.
1: The pandemic was rough.
0: I am going to talk first about your book. And we will put a link in the show notes for everybody. So I recently read it. It's called confidence in uncertainty, how shifting your mindset transforms the way you live life, pursue purpose and thrive in business. I feel like the whole description was absolutely <laughs> key for anyone who, who is an entrepreneur or in business or needs a mindset shift. I mean, all those things. It's so mm-hmm. full of gems. As you said, it's a quick read, but mm-hmm it's because it's chock full of gems, doesn't have a bunch of fluff. It's all goodness. And you talk about five C's to success. Uh I want to talk a little bit about those five C's and how they might connect to resiliency. And maybe we should back up a little bit and talk Mm -hmm. about your personal to professional journey as it relates Mm -hmm. to the development of those five C's. You, You mentioned it in the book, but we'd love to hear it
1: from you. Yeah, um, great way to start. So today I'm the, you know, successful business owner, mom, the whole American dream in the the two story house with five kids and three dogs, <laughs> you know, a little bit more, What the American dream is 2.5, right? Two and a half kids and a, and a dog. But yes, yeah, so we have, I have to be extra, I guess. So um, today on the outside, I look like, man, she's got it all together. She's made it. She's done the thing and she's very successful, Successful, which I am, but there was a journey to get to here. Mm-hmm. Before all of this, growing up, life was like rough. I mean, um, I'm from Mobile, Alabama, which is uh, passionately, we call it the port city its home of Mardi Gras. People who are in New Orleans think they're the mm-hmm. home of Mardi Gras and it originated there, but it did not. Do you research? Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and I grew up in a home that was, deal with domestic violence with my, my mom and my dad. I dealt with um, molestation as a child. Um, and so it wasn't always easy. There was a lot of love. There was a lot of support, um, but there were just some things that were not so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm the first, I'm a first gen, first one to graduate from um, college, first one to have a master's degree all those things, mm-hmm. no one in my family had ever done those things. So that was pressure within itself, too, and very hard. Um, but I feel like the resiliency for me and how it came up those five C's were through those experiences. So being a kiddo, you know, surviving as a seven year old in, in a home where there's abuse, you have there's self protection for you, you're trying to self protect your, your parents. And then growing up and going to the world of how do I do college when I've never seen it done before? right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Um, so it was friends who encouraged and teachers who encouraged that for me and, and, and made that an option. Mm-hmm. So I went, um, always wanted to be a nurse, mm-hmm. thought I was going to be a nurse. Um, I had an aunt who she did go off to school, but she, she didn't finish, but she went to the school called the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And I went to visit her with my grandparents once when I fell in love with the campus. So I was probably like sixth grade or seventh grade. And I was like, I'm going to that school. Starts. I want to, go, yeah, to, want that to school. Start. <laughs> go there. And I put all my eggs in that one basket and I got in. Mm-hmm. 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 Got in. <laughs> got in. Things were great. It got there. It It was wonderful. And then lo and behold, during a year, I was blessed with my oldest son and got pregnant with him. So, oh, here comes another challenge. How do you come back from that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's nursing school and college alone, all the challenges and, you know, that balance with your, your school
1: and home life and then having a little one. And you have a little one and you figure out, okay, how do I finish school with a little one? Um, and then another C comes along community, right? Mm -hmm. Community comes. Um, And then I got into nursing school just fine. um, Did well for the most part, failed the class, retook it, did fine. And then senior year comes and I have one more class to take. Mm -hmm. And I failed my current class by one point. (sighs) I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, it's just... But it's not just, you know,
0: it's one thing that, you know, that happens and you get a chance to retake it, but you didn't have that chance to
1: just go ahead and retake it. No, (laughs) no, the school was like, "Um, we don't care that it was one point. You're going to have to sit out for a year and reapply to get back into the nursing program because I failed the course of the year before, even though I retook it and passed it fine. I was just distracted doing the whole college life sorority stuff, being a mom, all the things. Um, and so I felt in that moment, I'm like, it's one point I knew I wanted to be a nurse. I felt like that's what I was called to do. I care about people. It's a, a, a honorable field to go in. It pays well. It will support me and my son being a single mom. I'm going, what am I going to do? it's it's I'm going into my senior year. What am I going to do? How do I come back from this? what where do I pivot at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, so crying and praying, crying and praying some more. God reminded me that one of my clinical professors um, said that, hey, you are awesome with your patients, but you spend too much time in the room with them. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot spend that much time talking and listening to them because you have a floor of patients who all need you. And that prompted me to think, maybe I should be a counselor. And that shifted everything. If you didn't have that one point
0: difference, you might not have ever had that epiphany.
1: Yeah. So I tell people all the time, we make these plans of what we think we should be or the road we should go down. And something happens that causes some type of disruption. And you think it's like the end of the world or that you're totally off your path, but it may be the change agent you need to get on the right path Mm. and it's okay. Mm.
0: That that is the hallmark of resiliency really is recognizing that as,
1: as a pivot and not an end. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's just a pivot. Yeah. A much needed pivot to get you on track.
0: So it was part of it, You mentioned, you know, community and you mentioned a few uh, C's related. So the C's that you have for success, you're talking about being courageous, being committed community, which you're just referencing, um, claiming mm-hmm. it and consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one do you think out of the five? really had the most impact on your ability
1: to be resilient in that rough patch? I feel like, oh, it's hard to pick one or two, but I feel like if I had to rank them Mm -hmm. in order of importance for me, uh, for the most impact, claim it is number one. So tell us a little bit about claim it. Yes. Claiming is, uh, I say, you 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 got to believe it before you see it. Mm-hmm. So this is centered all around mindset. So if you don't believe that the thing that you are pursuing is going to happen or that you embody the skills or the abilities to do whatever the thing is, it won't happen. You can have all the other Z's. Mm-hmm. You can have, you can be courageous. You can have consistency. You can have, you know, the commitment, but if you don't believe that you can do it or believe in yourself, when it's not going to happen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to make the road really hard.
0: Part of that too, is having the idea that mm-hmm. something better is out there and you know, it is that leap of faith and it can be really intangible. And that's kind of why we're here with, you can measure anything is taking those intangibles and make them tangible. What comes to mind when you were explaining that is it's kind of overused, but the idea of a vision board, you know, we hear them all the time and kind mm-hmm. of write them off, but thinking about that vision board in the sense of. You know, making that intangible tangible and be able to visualize this is where I want to be, and I know I can get there. And reminding yourself of that you know, is that visual reminder and reinforcement that some of mm-hmm. us might not have. You know, we become more isolated. You know, it's mm-hmm. pandemic, and we might not have that same social network that mm-hmm. we had before, encouraging us and supporting us in these pursuits. So I think that's maybe where some of that. Um, lack of belief in oneself without having additional reinforcements, it's hard to sustain that without reinforcement, like any behaviors you without yeah. reinforcement. It's likely to fall off.
1: Yeah, you're right. It will fall off. Another piece of that is for me, it's faith too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. So my faith and belief that it's not just me who gets me to where I need to be, but it's also my belief in God mm-hmm. and what he has and what's destined for me I just have to trust that if I just take a step that he's going to take three more. Mm. If I take another, he's going to take me to the next leg that I need to get to. Um, And we tend to take our eyes off of what we believe could be. So when we are looking at, uh, we get in this place where we're trying to claim it, where we have to believe that we can do whatever whatever the thing is that we're pursuing, um, the dream project, the whatever, how do I show up? Um, we tend to start looking in our side view or review mirrors and start comparing ourselves to what we see everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And when we start to pay attention to what everybody else is doing, we start to get that little feeling of, I'm not doing enough, that they are moving at such a rapid pace of progress than when, when I am and what's wrong with me and why am I not as successful and that is just that valley of the joy killer <laughs> and the birthplace of imposter syndrome is what I call it. Mm. And it, it puts us in a mindset that we can't do it. And then we start to shrink mm. and then we don't start. Then we stop showing up.
0: Yeah. All right. So if we find ourselves in that valley,
1: how do we get out? Uh, we have to remind ourselves that we don't have to do this thing alone that we are good enough and that we are possessed with skills and talents that other people don't have. And even when some people have them that are very similar, but you present them in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's unique for you and they're designed just for the people that you're supposed to be helping. Mm-hmm. So you have to tell yourself that.
0: Easier said than done, I'm sure.
1: For her. <laughs> so- it is. It is easier said than done. And we still can move forward and it's okay. If we're still scared when we're doing it, but you just need to move forward. Get out. All the in messages the that you, yeah, in the valley, even when you're in the valley, just take a step, just one, a half a step, just something, <laughs> um, some action, and just do it, even if you're afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. But the other C's together help you take that step.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that too. You mentioned, you know, I was alone faith carries you through it. Sometimes your community carries you through it. That consistency is so critical too because taking that one step and not seeing a result, well, it's just
1: one. <laughs> taking one step, right. Taking one step is not consistency. Yeah. It's taking several steps and sometimes it's running, jogging um, and just a, a slow stroll. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just depending on where you are. But if you, you are not consistent, you won't see the result that you want to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about some in our audience who are thinking about their own resiliency, because as you start talking about your experiences and some of these mm-hmm. five C's to success, we might think, well, I, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty resilient person, but maybe I'm only partially resilient or resilient at some time versus other times? Is there a way that someone could assess their resiliency? I mean, you talk about consistency and I think of consistency in resiliency, right? That'd be hard to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's easier, it's maybe at certain situations to be more resilient and maybe harder in others, maybe work versus home. Maybe yes. there's a distinction there. You know, how can someone you know, reflect or self assess how they handle situations and how they are resilient. And, and maybe there are some key traits that they should be looking for to say, you know what, I, I, I'm not consistent in this, or, you know, I need to mm-hmm. commit more to that. <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to think of How do we, how do we improve our ability to be resilient?
1: You're right. So we can be resilient in our work and not so great in our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And it starts with just reflection. So going back and just doing a review, doing a review, what happens when I'm typically in this type of situation? How do do I respond? What is my behavior? Mm -hmm. You know, do I tend to retreat? Do I tend to meet it with aggression? You know, do I tend to just lean to do what other people are telling me to do and not really clearly speaking what I want to do to determine how well you're handling it. Resiliency is going to be a space of where you're still choosing. You have clarity on what you want to do. Even though people are telling you no, Mm -hmm. you still say yes. Mm.
0: I I think I've heard that over the years and maybe people describe that. uh, At least I've been told. uh, Maybe it sounds stubborn. You know, if other people are telling you no and you're saying yes, is that stubborn or resilient? How do
1: we (laughs) distinguish the two? (laughs) No, it's not, it it can be stubborn depending if you're just being a hothead and you're (laughs) just not wanting to listen to There's a difference between listening to someone you trust for feedback on what you're doing. There is a rapport there, you respect their, their expert, their knowledge or their experience and you're getting feedback from them. And it's sound. That is one thing. But someone telling you that you are not enough, you can't do it, or whatever, and you just kind of succumbing to it and surrendering to their ideology of what you're capable of is different. I'm
0: glad you made that distinction. It mm-hmm. it's perfect for the idea of data collection. You know, it's mm-hmm. the quality data sources, or mm-hmm. you know, the the triangulation of data where Mm -hmm. we've got evidence that says this and Mm -hmm. if someone else says the opposite are we giving Mm -hmm. them more weight in our decision making Mm -hmm. knowing that we have much more evidence to the contrary like how? why are we doing that we wouldn't do that for other types of decisions and look at a, a random piece of data and say you know that's that i'm going to count 10 times more even though it's right. the opposite of everything else and doesn't make sense in this context. It, it seems you know, counterintuitive to do something like that. Yet when we're talking about our own decision-making it might feel more subjective because it's your personal experience. Mm-hmm. And somebody might mm-hmm. be right in front of you saying the opposite. It's harder to you know, calculate all of those findings while somebody's standing in front of you telling you the opposite. But it's an important component of it is trying to be a little bit more objective to it and you know follow the facts as well as your faith and knowing that yes. there is there is substantial evidence to one direction versus what one the other person might be pulling you toward
1: right exactly and and also knowing when we start to retreat from pushing mm. to get back up again there's some shame usually messages around that, that behavior that you're having that's keeping you from moving forward. Mm. It, it's And shame is just believing that I am bad when that's, we're not bad. So That's what we're telling ourselves. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not bad. I can't do it. Mm. Those things are messages that we heard from childhood. It was like, business owner. What do you mean? Mm. How can you do that? No one in our family has done that before. Mm. Um, how could you do that? Or uh, I remember getting the message of, how long are you going to be in school? You going to school again? Uh, yes, I'm going to school again. What's wrong with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those are in the context of whether it's microaggressions in the workplace or at home, or those mm-hmm. you know, defeating your language that you might experience. Uh, you know, those they might seem like small little things, but I always say those small things you know, they just chip away at it. And I was using this analogy with a a client and we could throw a pebble in a huge Mm -hmm. pond and yeah, that one pebble is not going to make that big of a difference, but you know, if I take handfuls of pebbles and repeatedly throw them in the pond, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start to see some pretty big ripples and it's harder to get back to that serene surface (laughs) when you have all of those pebbles being thrown in. And in the example that you are just giving here is you might have you know somebody might you know make a comment and it's easy to be mm-hmm. resilient when it's you know the one time situation but if it's that repeated situation or you know a mm-hmm. supervisor or a colleague where every day mm-hmm. they're presenting these types of messages it's gonna be much harder mm-hmm. although possible to be resilient in those scenarios if you can't exit and and make another choice outside of that situation. Right. Right. I'm, now I'm gonna think about uh, reflecting toward uh, myself and my generation. Uh, I I heard <laughs> a, a Who song comes flashing through my head? So <laughs> I am a Gen Xer, I'm a proud Gen Xer, and mm-hmm. Gen Xers are getting a lot of attention these days in social media um, for their for their resiliency, really. You know, being mm-hmm. strong through obstacles or or whatnot. And when you look to why that might be, I start thinking about, well, there's a lack of supervision. So you kind of have to figure it out and be resilient. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an obstacle. There are high expectations for success. And you, how do you get there you, when, mm-hmm. when you're in the face of obstacles? Minimal technology and decision-making. Mm-hmm. You, you mm-hmm. have to figure things out. And if you couldn't get an answer from one library... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can go to another, you know, database or, or research right. library to get an answer. So right, always accept the fact that the information wasn't there, um, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. really to get at. So you had to be resilient to go out and, and seek it to to get data, so to speak. A word on the street is that other generations. I'm not going to like point at any generation. No, we're not pointing at lambs. Then you know who you are. So I hear there are other generations who might be less resilient and also who had very opposite experiences than the Gen Xers had. So what what advice could you give someone who maybe is in a a different set of circumstances than a Gen Xer experience and realizes now, well, yeah, I'd like to be more resilient. I'd like to strengthen some of that even though I don't have the same experiences where I've had the opportunities to be mm-hmm. Where do I start? How do I take that first step? To help. That that
1: that is a loaded question. So, <laughs> That's um, my job. <laughs> it is a loaded question, really. Um the world has set up our children. Cuz I'm, I'm right with you. I'm 46. Uh, so I get it. Um, the internet was just coming along when I was coming up, but the like latchkey kid, we dealt with hardship and we had a lot of independence and we had a lot of figuring it out
0: mm-hmm.
1: on our own to do. Cause our parents worked, but this new, newer generation or two has had a very soft life is how I describe it. Um, uh, meaning that they haven't experienced a lot of challenges, true challenges, um, they haven't had to work as hard so because everything has been at their fingertips mm-hmm. their challenges so,
0: expressed in a different way our, our challenges were a lot more of having to be resourceful and their challenges are more of that over abundance of resources-
1: mm-hmm. yes the and the overabundant of resources when the resources are not quite there, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm they don't know what to do. Like, oh, I've always had it. What happens when I don't Mm -hmm. or when I leave the nest? And so if you're finding that you're adulting now.
0: I was just thinking about that adulting. I'm thinking we probably all were doing adulting in middle school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, adulting adulting is getting a little bit more in the uh, later years. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Yes. we, We all wanted to, we couldn't wait to be an adult so we can adult. And now that we are here, it is not what it, It's up to (laughs) me. Take it back. Um, But if you're now in this this world of new responsibilities and you're going like, this is hard. And I don't know how to manage this emotionally, spiritually, Mm. uh, financially. It's just tough. um, You're going to have to take a pause and understand that it is going to be hard. But it won't be hard all the time. Mm. And that it is a temporary moment of hard. Yeah. You know, that is temporary. It won't last forever, but also be open to, like we said, who's the expert, who's the knowledgeable person who's already gone down the road in a journey and find that community of people of support to help you get through the rough times Mm -hmm. to celebrate with you when you're on the high as well. So if you're in a place where you're starting to figure out how do I become resilient, it starts with that community piece and that claim it piece Mm -hmm. that, that having that faith that can get through it, that the world is not going to end, that this is just a temporary moment where I have to learn a new lesson. So when this presents again, I know how to handle it and having a community of people, community breeds a lot of things for you. It's going to breed resources because they may know something that you don't know to help you. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, Breed, um connection. It's going to grow your knowledge and it's going to inspire you because you're going to get to see how they overcome things as well. And it gives you hope that you can do it too.
0: Say, generations that grew up in the digital world, so much community is online, which, you know, is mm-hmm. it could be good, better, ugly, depending on which community you connect with. But mm-hmm. if your community that you utilize most often, doesn't provide that much support and variation of perspective and and, and uh-huh. support when things are in the valley as opposed to when you're you know up on the mountain then yeah. there are so many communities out there and and working with communities that have members across generations we've we're all going through stuff at different times in our lives now it's more okay then again when you and I are growing up it's more okay to talk about these things and to learn from one another as opposed to having to figure it all out you don't have to figure it all out right away but to be open like you said to to meet with others and talk with others who have insight mm-hmm. to share you know it's you're not the only one and to Mm-mm. find that community to recognize that and support yeah, it's it's a game changer. It's it's hard. Again, hard. It's not it's not easy stuff. But if it's not the right community, then find another.
1: Find another one. Um. And I will say to up level, um, uh, what i found in my experience over the last probably eighteen months or so, um, is di- diversifying my community. Mm-hmm. So initially, my community, and also you, you, you can have several communities, right? You don't have to have just one. I have one for work. I have one for business. I have one, just friends I've had for 35 plus years who are going to rock with me to the day I die, right? <laughs> so they all can serve a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Each community can serve a different purpose for you. Um, but what I've also found in um, growing myself in my ability to show up and be more authentic to myself is being in communities where everybody's not like me. Mm-hmm. 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 Meaning that I'm a I'm a therapist and I've met a lot of mental health uh, communities and groups. But when I started to branch out, branch off, and join other groups that maybe had different fields, marketers and you know data analysts like you, <laughs> or um, and so other creatives and techie people, it started to challenge how I think and how I saw things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that I grew. Yeah. So don't get stuck in that. Everybody in the group has to look like you, meaning background or skill set um, or ethnicity. It does not have to be the same. The more diverse the group is, the more you're going to learn, the more you're going to grow and the more resources you can tap into. Yeah.
0: And putting yourself out there, they um, said that it and being open to some mm-hmm. of these things putting yourself out there in a group, it might be a large group. I know that's how we met in the group. That's pretty large, but there yes. are smaller opportunities and small group settings where you can mm-hmm. get to know people and build those connections with someone who, you know, you mm-hmm. never might've crossed paths before because, you know, different parts of the country, different industries. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, there's a lot of good out there in the social media world. <laughs> Just as there's <laughs> bad Just, Just have to be resilient and patient and committed to finding those, uh, those connections. Yeah. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground in our brief time today, and I hope it gave everyone some ideas about how to start. Uh, being more resilient uh, when needed and places that one could look to to strengthen some of your resiliency traits. Um, Is there anything else we didn't cover that you want to share with our audience before we end today?
1: Yeah, I would. Um, One of the C's that we haven't really touched on that I want to kind of come back to is courageous.
0: Okay, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. So courageous, no matter what you're trying to do, you have to be courageous. Um, There's a quote I have in my book from Dorothy Bernard that says, courage is fear that has said its prayers.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's true. So for us to be courageous in the things that we want to show up for in the world, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. Mm. And vulnerability is one of those things that most people are afraid to do. Yeah, it is because we're opening ourselves up um, in that space to be rejected, to be ridiculed. um, And we don't want any parts of that. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't, we don't. But in the essence, when we do decide to be courageous and be vulnerable and let people know what we want, what we're trying to do, what our needs are, uh, we have the opportunity to build greater connection Mm -hmm. and a better quality of life. Because we get actually most of the time what we want. Not all the time, but most of the time it gives us the opportunity to get what we want if we're being courageous.
0: I, I love that. I'm, I, as I'm thinking about being vulnerable and courageous, again, ties back to that community. You, know, you might find that in, in one particular community, that mm-hmm. vulnerability, you might might not see that as something um, that is beneficial. Depending on who is a member of a certain community, whereas you can go to a different community that, you know, has different perspectives and experiences, where you can be vulnerable because other people are, and it's it's taking a different lens than. You know, Let's say being vulnerable in the workplace, it might be perceived as as lacking knowledge or skill sets, as opposed mm-hmm. to the, um, a business networking group where being vulnerable is like, yeah, we all have had some some challenges and have some limitations. But how do we work through them? And and you start getting toward that problem solving and resiliency and and commitment to being consistent. <laughs> I'm losing your teeth yeah. now. So uh, yeah, I, I I love that courageous. It's it's hard, it's, mm-hmm. and um in this world of filters and expressing yourself and being portrayed as something that you not necessarily are. Mm-hmm. I think being a true self will be a challenge, but it will make a huge impact in the long run. Definitely, definitely. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know you're busy. I know you've got a lot of people that you're helping, but we do have the resource again. Confidence in Uncertainty is Trinetta's mm-hmm. book, and it has all of these topics and more than we talked about today in there. Uh, we talked about how you can connect it to oneself and really start making some progress. Uh, try it. If you do uh, start to enact some changes around the five C's, feel free to message us on Instagram and let us know what you tried and how it worked and uh, you know, what impact it's had for you. We'd love to get some feedback. And always it's a pleasure to connect with you and learn from you. And I'm so thankful that you were able to be with us today. So thank you, Trinetta Powell.
1: Are you welcome? It was a pleasure.
0: Today we investigated the concept of resiliency. Here are three takeaways so you can say, I did it. One, do acknowledge resiliency is hard, but it is possible. By recognizing what struggles you're having when it comes to being resilient, you can make a plan for improvement. Two, identify which of the five C's of success you need to work on. Take one step each day toward your goal. Three, discover who has been successful at being resilient in areas you struggle with. What characteristics do they possess? How do they develop their skills? Do you need to make changes in order to strengthen your resiliency? Join us next week for a constructive chat about another cryptic concept because you can measure anything.